1: Current in Fox, on Andrea Pirlo we'll talk about a little bit of transfer rumors and then hopefully as long as Juventus don't break any news again we'll be able to answer some Twitter questions so uh, let me bring in the usual cast of characters here Sam Lepresti hello Sam how's it going Danny good good we've got Chucks hello Chucks
5: yeah good evening and yeah Andrea That man that's a real honor to have had him play for the for the club so uh Great tribute there. And uh, I know I'm one episode late, but also wanted to shout out to Blaise Matuidi. I mean, he's yes. left the club now, but I mean, he was a butt of the jokes, but he was a very, very important player for the club and still extremely useful. And uh, I mean, he did great for us. So, uh, you know, I'll miss him.
1: Yes. He's off to hang out with David Beckham in Miami. So props to him. And last but last, not least, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. I mean, since we're hitting
3: the ground running about Matuidi, it's hard to blame him, right? I mean, you get an offer, Inter, Inter Miami. Why wouldn't you go there? I mean, that I think that's just great, and I agree one hundred percent with Chucks. I mean, just great player. I mean, I'm fairly maligned because he wasn't like a salary ball kind of player, obviously. But I mean, I don't, I don't think you could have asked a lot more from him than what he actually gave us, right?
6: I yep. I I don't yeah, I do I can't <laughs> think of one reason not to go to Miami right now because uh, you know Florida and coronavirus <laughs> maybe not the best of places to be right now but yeah I can I can <laughs> yeah
1: hopefully, sure hopefully, I mean, hopefully, on a vacuum yeah hopefully for Matuidi's sake that uh, once you've had c- coronavirus immunity you've you've got it you've got it for life so anyways like we said Andrea Pirlo a week ago was named Juventus's manager and as Sam put it in his column after the hiring. Juventus are heading into the land of the unknown and I guess we'll start with the man who penned said column. Now that we've had a week to think about it, Sam, are you feeling any better that Juventus has hired Andrea Pirlo or are you waiting till next month when we can actually see them in a competitive match?
6: Um I don't know if better is the word. It just there is so like i said i mean we know absolutely nothing right now about andrea pirlo all we have is that little video that he did with fabio canotaro that that you know and goodness knows if he was actually you know, saying saying his own actual philosophies or if he was just spitballing with a buddy during you know pandemic i you know i said it in my article i said it last week when we were still kind of Awestruck at what was going on. If there is anybody that can actually pull this off out of this situation, it is Andrea Pirlo. I don't know if anyone, if any of the rest of you guys have read his book, but it's a heck of a read. And it's the it it's the guy, it it, it's the mind of a guy that knows where he's going and what he's doing. And if there's anybody that, that that can make this work, jumping into the deep end. Like this, with absolutely zero experience, then Pirlo's the guy. I mean, he, he he does he has to come with automatic credibility in the locker room. That's that that'll be a given. It'll be really really interesting to see what he does with Rodrigo Bentancourt or Arthur Melo, whoever he decides is the main hub in the midfield. The big big question is going to be whether he is 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 what he wants to do up front because that could dictate a lot of things. Obviously we were going to talk about transfers a little bit later but the you know the rumors as to whether or not Pirlo is going to keep Paulo Dybala in the team or if he's going to sell Dybala and go with a more conventional number 9 to pair with Ronaldo, no one really knows that yet and it's the subject of a bunch of rumors. It's it. It's gonna be really. You know, obviously, a lot more. Like you said, will have to be. Will will be gleaned when the team starts training. When whatever preseason, I don't know how they're. I don't know how they're going to be dealing with preseason friendlies beforehand. But I, I guess they'll set something up with other teams. When we start seeing some of those, how the team might play, that'll be our first indication, and it'll be the first time we we can really have a body of work but here i think the thing that is the thing that's always been the most fascinating about this ever since last saturday when we realized what was going on is just the absolute enig. i mean he's a complete enigma right now which is something you hardly see in in this game anymore you know in this the the this era of globalization in soccer there's no such thing as you know the cagey you know oh the well the, the these guys do this and we've never seen that before. Like, you know, you, you're, you're always going to know what a guy, what, what a coach is going to do un, unless it's a situation like this where he hasn't even coached, you know, a Sunday league team. So I'm, I'm, I'm more fascinated than positive or negative right now about it. Cause I really, it, it's just, I, I I'm, I'm waiting for a data set that we don't have.
3: I think I agree 100% with Sam on, on one thing, and that is that we still don't know. We have no idea of knowing. I think the guy hasn't even submitted his like thesis to graduate or like to get the accreditation necessary to be a, a manager. That's how much of an unknown it is as of how he's going to play, what type of formation he's going to have. I mean, everyone just throwing things to the wall and seeing what sticks. The one thing that I I can tell you right now, and it has been marinated, marinating inside of me since, since, you know, the news broke last week. For once in like what feels like a long, long, long time, I am really just excited to see Juventus play football. Like this is just a very exciting signing just because of like what Sam was saying, the, the, the potential the doubt that we don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? We have no idea. And that just makes it super exciting. Like to, to make a, an analogy to an, an American sport, for example, this is when your team picks a quarterback in the first round and he's like, you know, you just don't know if it's going to pan out. That's what it is. It's just, I don't know if it's going to pan out.
6: I actually, I explained this to somebody who knew not who didn't know soccer by basically telling them that this is like Derek a couple of years ago when Derek Jeter retired, isn't that the Yankees would have immediately fired Joe Girardi and made Derek Jeter, the manager. Like that's the, that's what I've, that's the, how I've seen it.
3: Yeah. exactly. like, like, it's just, it's exciting. And sometimes the exciting move is not the right move. Like I get that sometimes it's easier to just go with the established manager, but as a fan, especially after a season that was, you know, whatever you can say, was kind of like lackluster. It was kind of like a drag. Like there wasn't that many like super exciting moments or super, you know, happy moments, I would say, even. So to have something like this happening, it just, it just kind of like brings back that joy of being a fan of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited to see. And I, honestly, after last year, that's kind of like exactly what, like I need it at least. And I know a lot of people need it to kind of like get back and, and get invested into next season because we, we just don't know what's going to happen. But I do – I'm pretty sure it's going to be fun. And that's that's going to be good enough for now.
1: And a lot of it is just since it's – just because it's Pirlo. I mean, as much as we say, you know, Juventus needs ex, you know experience or whatever, But because it's Pirlo, I think that's why so many people are rooting for this to work, because we remember him as a player and how good he was as a player. And what, a you know, as much as, you know, Sam mentioned his book, as much as he might come off as a little bit of a dick in his book at times, you know, he was just such a classy player and you want it to work because not only will it benefit Juventus, but because we, we envision Pirlo being a certain type of player. And if a cert, if that prototype of a player is to be the kind of manager that we think Pirlo can be, or I guess I, I should say if, if we look at the kind of player Pirlo was, that's the kind of thing that you would think at least translates to being a really good manager as well. I feel I like, I, I think it's less that he's a,
6: that, that he came off as a dick, at least to me in his book, <laughs> as more of he came off as like an imp. Yeah. Like this, this like really mischievous, like he's, and, and you hear this from other people too. He's like the, he is a prime practical joker in, in Clubhouse and and I think that that might be a go a long way towards. Because you know, I, I have seen some reports over the Twitter sphere trickling through that the locker room really was done with Savi. And I, I kind of feel like Pirlo, either by dint of the respect he has he has as a player, or just because of that kind of attitude that he might bring into the team as well, I don't think he's going to have that problem.
3: And and that that's so true because. I think I tweeted it the other day, but it was something like, you know, whether or not it works. Like Juventus now has the manager with like the most like panache in in Europe. You know, I mean, just just as who the guy is, and I think if you're if you're selling yourself on the this is definitely going to work bandwagon, which I'm proudly on. If anyone wants to join me, it it has to be <laughs> it it has to be something along those lines. It has to be like this is a guy who's going to come in and. He's going to, you know, demand and get respect from the players from day one. You know, you have a guy who can stand up to a Cristiano Ronaldo and tell him, hey, have you won a World Cup? You have not. I have. Hey, have you won Pablo Dybala? Have you won a Champions League? You have not. I have. Like, whatever you guys have done, I have done as well. And, you know, I know it's very easy to kind of like, you know, believe all the rumors after a firing, you know, that, that Sarri didn't have the, the respect of the of the... Of the players and he really didn't you know a few players didn't really buy into his his tactics and whatever like at the very least I think with Pirlo the the proposal the bet I guess has to be immediately from day one he can step into that locker room and immediately be like a respected figure like a respected guy that can see any player in that locker room and be like I've been there I've done that like this is what we're going to do and That has to be like what you have to be excited, right? Because like Sam said, like we've all mentioned, like we don't know how he's going to play. So just from like the person he is, like the person we know he is and the player we know he was, I think that's going to be like a really good asset for a locker room that has a lot of personalities, has a lot of egos, has a lot of like really high paid players. I think that's like a big reason why he was signed. And and I think it's going to be a big, big asset for him as a manager.
5: Yeah, I think Zinedine Zidane had the same thing at uh, Real Madrid. That exact point of, like, at least people are going to really, really, really respect him and nobody's going to, like, get out of line with someone like Zidane in charge and now, well, now Pirlo. Yeah, I remember that was a big draw for Real Madrid at that time, and, well, clearly it's worked. So, um, you know, that's... Yeah, that's definitely a point I can can see. I can understand that point there. But for the rest, I applaud your... um, uh, enthusiasm, uh, Sergio. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't share it <laughs> very much. I know. I think this is just the cynic in me. But I mean, I, I'm just thinking, my God, what have we done? That's that was my first reaction to it, and it's still kind of my reaction. Uh, again, the thing that just really put me off was the fact that he was appointed as the under-23 uh, coach, and then suddenly it's like, oh, well, you know what? Well, we might as well just make you permanent coach. And it's interesting here, you know, because if you think about it, stuff doesn't line up here because, let's see, uh Paratici and um, um Agnelli, you know, they say like, oh, well, the decision to sack uh, Sari wasn't based on one game. Okay, fair enough. It was based on the season. Fine. But if that wasn't based on one game, that means you knew before that you... We're gonna sack him. So then, if you knew before that you were gonna sack him, then you clearly did not know before that you were gonna appoint Birlo Because then, why would you appoint him as the under twenty three coach? So it's like, you know, one thing is supposedly planned, and then the other thing clearly is not. So that's uh, that's just the thing that kind of concerns me. I, I don't know. I'm just man i'm not feeling good about this about oh, this at no all. cussing
1: chucks no no I, 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 uh, <laughs> no I
6: think that you're i am gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna half disagree with you in that i am i'm pretty convinced that this was the plan was for Pierlo to take over at some point putting him in the u23 job was step one for Andrea Pirlo to eventually being the Juventus manager. I don't think they're, I, I, I'm pretty confident in in being able to say that. I just think that after everything that happened with Sadi, th- they must have decided to just accelerate the plan. I don't think this would have happened if Agnelli hadn't, if Agnelli or Paratici or Nedved or whoever it was. I think if this was more Agnelli really than anybody, because Paratici and Nedved, I th- think would... I I don't know if they were 100%. I've heard some rumors they weren't 100% ready to cut bait with Saadi, basically because he was their guy, as opposed to Agnelli, who hadn't really been that enthusiastic about it. I'm pretty sure that whatever Pirlo did when he was interviewing to be the U23 coach knocked Agnelli's socks off. And I think Agnelli has that confidence in him. And I I certainly think that this would have been – this would have happened at some point. And I think if it hadn't been Pirlo now, I don't think it would have been somebody like Mauricio Pochettino to replace Sadi. I think they would have gotten somebody that was a bit more of a holdover coach because I feel like they were somebody to keep the seat warm until they decided, if they had decided to let Pirlo spend a year, maybe two, in said to, to 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 hone himself. But I think that, I think this was gonna, this was a move that was coming. It's just a matter of when, when it ended up happening, and I think they decided to take this opportunity now, uh, and so I I don't think I I don't think that to say that this was unplanned is a hundred percent accurate. I think it certainly wasn't in the immediate plan, you you know, a month ago. But I think that this was going to happen one way or the other, and also just based on uh, and I'm going to go off the serious for a second, but. Anybody have any guesses what he's going to look like the first time he's entered to score a goal? Is he going to be like, you know, is he going to really be celebrating on the sideline, or is it just going to be Pirlo is not impressed.
1: Pirlo is not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I definitely don't expect him to go full Antonio Conte on the sidelines. Let's just say that.
6: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like when he scored that goal against Torino in the rain and in, you know, with four seconds left, he went nuts. So it's like, you know, he's capable of it. It's just a question. I guess it, I guess it depends
1: on the goal. Yeah.
5: He'll probably be less animated than um, Vincente del Bosque for Spain. (laughs) Now there's there's someone with some real animation.
0: 18
5: plus. Actually, yeah, no, to add I just remembered another uh Well well two other things. So, what one other thing was like the question slash comment that I have, which I mean obviously we won't know about, but I wonder if he is slash aims to be a systems coach versus a player's first coach. I mean I think that's gonna be a pretty big question or big uh observation, I guess, because I remember there was a discussion in the in the comments thread some time ago. I mean, maybe a week or so ago, about just of course Allegri versus Sarri, and it might have been fair food that mentioned this, but just of Allegri's success being for a lot of part being down to him being uh, not being a systems coach and just being like a player's first coach, and just being like, okay, you know, you have given me these tools. Well, uh, let's see, I can figure it out like this, or I can figure it out like. I can make this system based on the resources that I have. Versus Sari, who, well, yeah, clearly is very much a systems coach. And there was another good point made, which I, you know, really hadn't thought about it in that way, which was that given just the structure of Italian clubs, which is, you know, you have the sporting director and just basically upper management, but especially the sporting director that makes transfer decisions for, I mean, just for the most part, I mean, the the heavy weight falls on the sporting director to make those and management to make those decisions, and then obviously the coach has some input. But ba- basically, the sporting director. Uh, so, given that you have that, and that you, you the manager is essentially going to be a manager for an Italian club is essentially going to be at the mercy of, uh, I mean, his superiors really, which obviously is unlike um, at English clubs, uh, for instance, where I mean generally speaking, from what I understand, the manager has the overwhelming power to make those calls for, uh, or to make those demands really for transfers. But yeah, since you have that at at Italian clubs, okay, you're going to be at the mercy of that of that person, the sporting director. So then you really you're going to have to be a player's first type of coach to succeed because you're going to get, uh, you know, one day you're going to get a hammer, the next day you're going to get a nail, the next day you're going to get, a, I don't know, drill bit. And like, you can just kind of have to figure out based on whatever tools you get on how to kind of put it together. So anyway, a very drawn out way of saying like, you know, I wonder if Bielo is slash is going to be slash wants to be a systems coach or a, yeah, flexible one.
0: I
6: I, I sure hope he I, – I feel like there has to be a happy medium between the two in order to succeed. You know, I've heard I, I – I'm sure that I – I've been seen to say this both in articles and in comments over the years. You know, Allegri did some really good work, and yes, being tactically flexible is a is a virtue. But Allegri was essentially a glass of water when it came to tactics. He had no sh- he I, I feel like there wasn't an identity with Allegri at all. Hell yeah. And I Bruce think that's a, and that's yeah. a problem.
1: <laughs> nice and, one, Bruce Lee. <laughs>
6: yeah. Like Yes, exactly. But the, I I think there is a point where you can be too flexible. And I think we've just had the extremes in that case of the last two coaching regimes. You have Allegri who, you know, can come up with some pretty good stuff as he adapts, but sometimes the team just doesn't really know where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing. And Sadi, who is really flexible, really rigid and doesn't brook any deviations, there has to be a medium somewhere where the team has an identity yet can flex at the, and adapt to the situation at the same time, and hopefully, hopefully Pirlo is it. You know, obviously he said you know some some of the things he said to Fabio Cannavaro about you know I like a four three three bombing forward, but you have to adapt to the players that you have. So hopefully he can mix those together and come up with some sort of primordial footballing soup that will get that'll get the best out of the players and maybe take juventus a, a, a step further than they have been in the past it also has to be remembered because you were talking about that chucks a cook is only as good as his ingredients and you know pierlo is going to need some upgrades in order to make this team really go and and Juventus doesn't necessarily have a track record of giving the coaches what they want, you know, what they want or what they need. Uh, c- case in point, Max Allegri begging the team for a trequartista for years until he just gave up and put Dybala in there in the 4 2 3 1. It's 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 gonna be really interesting to see what he can what he does and what he's given. Because if he's given something that isn't quite up to scratch, like we saw with Sadi this year, then there's only so much he's gonna be able to do.
3: I think that that's an interesting conversation, just because I I am a fan of two clubs, you know, big fan. It's Juventus and then my beloved Puebla F.C. from the Mexican League, who is historically terrible. And every time they've done, (laughs) you know, they're they're like a like a perennial mid-table team, like struggling to avoid relegation. And every time, so they're kind of the Fiorentina of Mexico. Oof.
6: Oh. I was going to say the Kansas City Royals, but, <laughs> except without the relegation. But <laughs>
3: I don't know, like like a team that was very good like 25 years ago and then was like never relevant again, except for like a year or two. Like it, it's it's not great being a fan of Pueblo. Anyway, the, the point is that, you know, whenever they've been decent is because they've gotten a manager, like we're talking about, that has a very strict, very specific system and has been able to successfully develop it, right? Because in my opinion, when you have a manager with like a very strict system and a very unique way of playing, in my experience and in my opinion, I think it works best for teams with like more limited resources, more that they can get specific players for a system and they can adapt and they can learn a system really well and kind of like exploit that system to the best of their abilities and kind of like, be like a better in in a team you know be a better team than what they are as individuals for a big team like Juventus or for Real Madrid or for Bayern Munich or for you know you name it I think it's been I don't know proven but you know the latest track of success as being the managers that are more adaptable that are more like a player first type of manager work better just because you have better players you have like really good players that don't necessarily need a super strict system or it's a super strict way of playing to be successful. And I think that was the big hit for Max Allegri. And I think that was a big hit for Zinedine Zidane, for example. there's not to say they're not good tacticians. They are. But they, they just kind of figured out how to manage the locker room, manage the players, and understand that we have really good players here. I just need to put them in a position to succeed. That's it. My job is to essentially not mess this up and that is a very simplistic way of looking at it but i think that's the the best max allegri teams kind of wear that and the best scene of incident teams kind of wear like that and i would hope obviously we don't know and we go back to the whole you know big unknown that is andrea Pirlo the manager but i would hope that andrea Pirlo would come in with that attitude that kind of like okay let's see what we have here and Figure out a way to make this work, as opposed to what we saw all of last season with Mauricio Sarri, which was, I'm going to try to, you know, a, the, the square peg and the round hole type of thing the entire season. So uh, I, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I, I'm just really happy. I'm just really excited. I can't wait for the new season to start. And I don't know if I would feel that way if Mauricio Sarri had, had stayed, to be honest.
5: So it's funny that we're all uh, mentioning uh, Mauritius, or uh, not Maurizio sorry, Max Allegri, because coincidentally, in my upcoming book, uh, which is going to be published in December.
1: Oh, um, have you penned a book? (laughs) In, (laughs) I know, shameless, shameless. No kidding. (laughs) Get those plugs in while you can, Chucks. (laughs) (laughs) I know, shameless, shameless.
5: It is, uh, yeah, upcoming in December. So I actually wrote a chapter, and funny enough, I'm just was editing um, editing the specific chapter just today i had a chapter in which i quoted an excerpt from max Allegri's interview way back yonder in april 28th 2018 in that infamous game against inter you guys remember that game that we won 3-2 away which was like one of the last games of the seasons and it was you know they had a player sent off i think it was the pos- higuaín pos- game yeah 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 and they were two one ahead they had 10 men and it was just just absolute madness but the thing that really caught my eye was his post-match interview which i thought was really interesting and he was small well, very agitated but which i love i like he agitated it's just brilliant. Um, oh,
1: he, he's at his best when he's a little
5: pissed off during was, uh, wait was that when he interviews. had
6: that was that when he had that huge verbal sparring match with the the dude on sky sports or whatever it was
5: well he did and, and so i believe it i mean he had a he had a pretty uh he had some strong words anyway. and Well, I have the excerpt here because I'm just looking at my manuscript right now. So, so he said, football is becoming too much about theory and tactics. You, the media, are ruining the game. Do you watch basketball? <laughs> A move lasts 24 seconds. You have the ball and have three, se- three seconds. So who do you give it to? The most talented player. You think that in football made up of tackles, running, and accurate passing that systems win? So let's pay for tactics and say Lionel Messi is worthless. Same for Cristiano Ronaldo and Gonzalo Iwain. You don't look at players or skills, but only systems. That is what's damaging Italian football. A good defensive organization does matter, but champions and their skills must be praised. So I thought that was just such a fascinating excerpt, especially coming from Allegri, you know, and just related to this whole systems versus player debate, just him saying like, okay, look, you know, Fair enough, theory and tactics, but, (laughs) and just him pulling that parallel with basketball and just saying, like, look, at the end of the day, it's the players that win the game, you know, it's the players that win, that make the actions, that take the shots, that take the penalties, do the free kicks, make the passes, so, you know, it's, a manager can only do so much, of course, and again, I just think about that with Bierlo, like, okay, how is he going to be, like, how you know how is he gonna what is he gonna emphasize on on, and and Sergio I think your your point about just like smaller clubs focusing on systems and then bigger clubs on individuals I think you know I think that makes a lot of sense just especially as you're just defined by your resources if you don't have many resources then you're gonna have to focus more on the collective and if you're a little more extravagant then I mean you can focus on or you have the luxury of getting glamour players and, you know, chucking them all into the pitch and saying, you know, let's, <laughs> let's go for it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, the thing is, this is really kind of the only thing we can go off because we just know so little about Pirlo as a manager and we just don't know anything here specifically. And and just kind of, as a last point uh, to, uh, you know, hog the mic a little more. Oh, and by the way, uh, I think Club Puebla, they have a very nice Wikipedia page. So um well done. Um, but, um, just, <laughs> can you Surprising confirm yeah, that, Sergio?
3: How's Wikipedia page? Surprisingly That's, filled with resources, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like much more <laughs> than it's, what it's, they deserve, if we're being honest. Very extensive, <laughs> going,
5: going back all the way to 1904 when an English athletic club, yeah, established by Englishmen. So well done. Well done. Um, but, yeah, to say another uh, kind of point. So, you know, knows a little about Birlo, obviously, as a manager and all that. But I think to myself, okay, what do we know? And like, I think back to this great book, and I I referenced it a few episodes ago, Um, but this great book, Jocko Willink and uh, Leif Babin, who are former U.S. Navy SEALs members, generals, and it's called uh, Extreme Ownership. Uh, Well, one of them is Extreme Ownership. The other one is uh, The Dichotomy of Leadership. Just really great books. They're great writers. And they always talk about just... You know, this whole concept of like there are no great leaders; there are only great teams. And I thought about that with Pirlo, and not talking about necessarily the team of Juventus, like the players, but I'm thinking more about Pirlo, like his his team, his coaching team, his coaching staff. Like, okay, let's not focus on Pirlo. Let's focus on who are who is his team around him. Does he have a great team around him? Of coach coaches or like coaching staff and stuff like that because you know one of those things of like that i've learned is like i've grown up i mean i'm 27 now but one of the things i've learned as i grow if i've grown up is like i always thought that when i was younger i always saw that you know ceos and like all the like the, the the heads head honchos of like you know big institutions i always thought like okay they're the smartest guys in the, in the room because they are the ceos they are the big guys but then i learned like you know they're not <laughs> they're not they're not at all like you know i mean elon musk and stuff i mean sure he's smart and like jeff bezos sure they're smart but like you know they're not the smartest guys in the rooms the best leaders they hire the smartest people surround them like surround themselves with the smartest smartest staff and then say do your thing and they i mean they steer the ship they keep like you know just everything kind of focused on the mission but you know they hire the smartest best capable people and so yeah I just hope that's kind of my hope or thoughts right now with Birla like okay is he gonna make sure that he surrounds himself with the best smartest smartest people in in I mean in football frankly or or just that he knows of or do, yeah just the best staff like is he gonna have or is he gonna focus on that and I really really hope he does and I did hear rumors that Igor Tudor was going to join his uh, as assistant coach, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, that's my big focus, I guess, you know, who is, yeah, every great leader has the greatest team. So I hope Bierlo does as well.
6: It's like we have ESPN or something. Cause that's exactly actually the direction I was going to take and talking about Tudor and, and thinking about what, what we might be able to glean from some of the potential additions to his coaching staff. Like I've uh, obviously Tudor rumors that he's would be resigned. I mean, that's a bit of a odd move. I mean, you're the head of one of the biggest head coach at one of the biggest clubs in Croatia, and then you come to assist for Pirlo, but to each one's own there. Did I see a, a rumor that Conte's old top assistant, might also be in the running for a bench job with Pirlo. What was yes. his name?
1: I'm blanking um, out on his name, but yeah, he, you've you've seen that correctly. Not
6: cut out of the other one. Hang Angelo on. uh, Alessio. Alessio, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and to see whether we you can glean something from that, I mean, the fact that if you look at that, Tudor is a three-man back coach. I mean, just you look at I, I've been looking at at who scored and Udinese and. You know, even though he got sacked at Udinese in, what, it was, I think, November this year, Udinese went 3-5-2 on all but three of their games this year. And there have been some reports that that Pirlo is looking to go back to that system, which would be interesting, because unless he were to go with a 3-4-3 or something of that nature, that might mean that we're moving Cristiano Ronaldo a little bit more central. It, it's interesting to see because, you know, you have that, you have Alessio, who also, you know, did a lot of things with Conte's three five two, both for Juve and for the Italian national team because he also moved to the, to the national team with Conte. And it's going to be interesting to see whether that is a harbinger or if that's just a coincidence and we're going to just, you know, they'll go with and implement with what he does.
3: I'll tell you something. This, the the Tudor news were interesting for two reasons. The first one, like Chucks mentioned, like like Sam mentioned, it, it's going to be huge for him to bring in like more experienced people. You know, with all that we've said, this is his first job as a manager. It's obviously vital that he brings in people with like a lot of experience to kind of help him out. And two, because he obviously is a former Juba player, uh, a pretty beloved former Juba player at that. So at the very least, he's building like a super likable coaching squad that like the fans can really get behind, and that's just fun in a, in and of its own. And third, and I said it was two things, but I added a third one: the conspiracy corner in the in the comment section. And I'm blanking right now on who said it because someone said it. I'm not taking credit for this for this take at all. So you know, credit to to whatever whichever commenter actually said it because I'm blanking right now. But he mentioned that you know, it was like the conspiracy that, you know, Tudor actually took the job because in his mind, it was like, well, if Pirlo gets sacked, like if it doesn't work out with Pirlo, I'm like right next in line. So I could, in theory, like I would be the the logical, you know, interim head coach or whatever, which was like, okay, we're thinking like three steps ahead. I love that take, despite (laughs) the fact that I don't think it's real. I really don't think that's going to work out. But, you know, as far as conspiracy takes, I love that. I'm I'm one hundred percent on it. But you know, being real, I I think it's a good signing. I think it's official now. I'm I'm not sure if it's official already, but if it's not, it's like pretty close to being official.
1: It's it's not official. It's it's not official, but the more reliable reporters in in Italy are are reporting it. So yeah, so it's probably gonna be official. And I think it's a smart move. I mean, conspiracy theory or
3: not, I think it's a it's a pretty smart move. And if it leads to, you know maybe the 352 i mean i don't know it's going to be interesting
1: to see the thing about the 352 is as we know mr delict is out until november with shoulder surgery say that three times fast obviously giorgio chiellini has had a year to forget injury wise and so you know does sergio's buddy daniele rugani stay just because of that or do they go out and get somebody else or do they sell
6: Rugani and leave Christian with Christian Romero, who is a three-five-two guy in Genoa? Um, who well, coincidentally
1: was linked with a move to Atalanta today, who is also a three-man backline. So. <laughs> also going to
6: to to what you said, Sergio, about not only are are you looking at you know a, some experience with guys like like Tudor, there's also uh, the question of kind of the juventinita of the squad, which a lot of people have been talking, has been a little bit, has been dropping of late. You know, there's not that grinta, that that kind of drive that you usually see in a Juventus team. That was one of the things that a lot of people hated about Sari was that it just didn't seem like he had a Juventus mentality. And you're, you're looking at guys like Tudor, who was in for most of that early part of the 20th century when you had the, the second Libby run, and and up into Caltropoli and 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 you know Pirlo obviously those first four years of the streak when Juventus kind of got this, you know, garnered that reputation as the team that never gave up. I, I think there's I think we're you know looking at one of the things that Pirlo might be looking at is to instill that sense of this is Juve again with this team because it, it has seemed like it's been missing a little bit. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the team, if Hunter was here, he would love, he, he was going to, you know, it, it, is, is this Juventus or is this Cristiano and friends now? And I think Pirlo is trying to instill a little bit of the former while also keeping Ronaldo happy and productive as much as a 35-year-old can be, regardless of how his skills are.
1: All right, fellas, let's get to a couple of Twitter questions here. Kind of sticking on the managerial topic from our buddy David Desberg at the true ROAC. For Sergio Romero, the common word for Juve Tifoso are half measure. Do you see Juve committing to Pirlo or taking more half measures? How important is this window for your perception of Paratici and has Juve dug too deep of a hole to try and get themselves out of immediately? You know, I think, and in, in what Chuck said, you know, early on the pod,
3: is, is pretty, you know, pretty crucial. You know, the fact that they actually named uh, Andrea Pirlo the under-23 manager first, and then, you know, kind of, like, picked him to be the, the big club manager, you know, after Sarri was let go, which I actually kind of, like, agree with him in the sense that it was definitely, like, a snap decision. Like, I don't think, like... If Paulo Dybala has played against Leon and you know they had beaten Leon and then they had like a decent showing against City or maybe even beat City and they are in the semifinals right now, ready to get slaughtered by Bayern Munich. But you know if they had gotten to that point, I guarantee you that Maurizio Sarri would still be the Juventus coach. You know, so I, I agree with, with with Chucks in that sense. But what I do think is that, and coming back to this this whole question, I do think that the plan, as Sam mentioned. It was going to be to turn to Pirlo eventually, like, you know, a couple years down the road. So now that they actually like kind of like jumped that process and now that they're actually here, I do think they they have a, an investment in him. Not so much monetary as in the sense that they wanted this guy to be the manager at some point. They have him now. And I hope, of course, we still don't know, especially in such a, a weird transfer season that you know, it's all going to be very swap related or, or, you know, I don't think they're going to really shell the big bucks to really rebuild the squad. It's going to be interesting to see how like involved they are, how all in they are on Peer Law. I think just like organizationally they are all in just because this was their guy that they were planning on giving the club to eventually they gave him to him right now because of, you know, all the, all the, that transpired. So I would expect that they would, you know, support his project as much as possible. Of course this all goes out the window if Pierlo, you know, you know, crashes and burns, right? I mean if if he's just terrible at it, then I guess they're gonna have to rethink the whole thing. But I would imagine that this is like a a long term vision and this is finally the the thing that you know the 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 actual full measure that we were expecting. I would hope so at least.
1: Next question here from I believe is Jesus at Zeus underscore Vasquez 12, who would you think would be Pirlo's perfect Regista? And I couldn't hold off and fired off a response on Twitter saying, obviously it's Andrea Pirlo. So. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that the player with the qualities of Pirlo's perfect Regista is currently on the roster. I mean, Ben Thancourt can play that position, but it's, you know, he also doesn't quite have the Pirlo type you know, he's not the kind of guy that can put a long pass on a dime when he's not even looking that Pirlo was. I also don't think that Artonello is necessarily that kind of a guy either. He's got good vision. He's a very good passer. But, again, he's not – and and also there's also degrees of magnitude because Pirlo is Pirlo, and very few players will ever reach that level. I think – I mean, if you're ta- if you want to talk about some – Potential transfer targets. If Juventus really do go and get Manuel Locatelli from Sassuolo, I think he's the kind of guy that Pirlo would look at and be like, "This is the guy I'm molding now." I I think that Locatelli, while obvious again, orders of magnitude in terms of talent, very few players are ever going to reach Andrea Pirlo's level. But I think that a guy like Locatelli can really can benefit from that tutelage and really become the in the Pirlo mold if not of course the actual level uh saying this as it's pretty clear that Sandro Tonali is not going to be a Juventus player because obviously that would be an an entirely different story but I don't think he's going to be coming so like I I think that that's probably where you're where you'd look at
5: just to kind of comment on that I mean I think it's really it's kind of dependent on, and I mean, we talked about this, so kind of sidestepping the question here. But I mean, frankly, it depends on the type of system that Birla wants to play or is going to play. I think that is a large determinant of what his perfect, perfect Regista will be. So once again, we don't really know. But I mean, really, now that I think about it, I mean, a Regista in general really is just, generally it's still, ha- like, there aren't, From what I know, there aren't really too many different types of regista. I mean, it's really just one type of regista, and then you're on the spectrum of how good you are from, like, let's say zero to 100, the spectrum of how good you are. But, like, like for instance, you know, you have different types of wingers. You have inverted wingers and just, like, direct wingers or, you know, those that run in behind or those that uh, drift centrally or, yeah stuff like that or like center forwards where you have like you know prima punta, segunda punta but regista I mean as far as I know there's really only just yeah one type of regista which is I mean I guess a birlo <laughs> type of registas but yeah I mean that's kind of off. yeah off the top of my head that's kind of what I uh, what I was thinking of
3: Yeah, and just to take take advantage of this question to give a, a real quick shout out to the to our dearly departed and dearly beloved Mierlin Pjanic because uh, actually like that guy when he was good when he was at his best he was that type of player like he was that type of dude who could you know you know just throw a, a pass love a pass like four yards out and pinpoint accuracy and, and make it look effortless and you know distribute the ball and and he was very much in that pure low model of you know good free kick taker like really a good passer a good outside shooter and he wasn't, like, necessarily physically overwhelming guys. He was just, like, really good positioning, really good passing. Like, he was that type of guy. And, you know, it's it's obviously, we didn't get the best out of Pirlo this last couple – out of Pirlo, I mean, out of Kanich this last couple of years. He's gone now. It is what it is. But at his best, and I wish we could have seen that guy more often than we did, but at his best, I think he was the closest thing we have seen to – to Andrea Pirlo level type of player because he was, like when he was on, he was on, like he was really, really good.
6: And it's also going to be interesting, it, it's also when you think about this, there's a tangential question to this, which is who's going to be the bodyguard in that scenario? Because Pirlo as, you know, as good as he was, was he the greatest defender in the world to be in front of the back four? Probably not. Then you had for Milan and for the national team for all those years, he had Gattuso destroying people next to him. So the question is, you know, who's gonna, who, any Regista is only as effective as the person that's cleaning up defensively next to them and also making sure that he stays clean and isn't man marked to death like I think that's one thing that Bentancourt is really good for is that out of a box-to-box position is that even if you have Bentancourt in a box-to-box position first off he's you know as he, he is Gattuso with ball skills in that he will just run around and tear crap up but at the same time he can find you know, the passes when he has the opportunity to. And because he is as good a passer as he is, it lessens the incentive to man-mark one midfielder and, and try to take him out of the game because he can pick up that slack. It's one of the reasons why I really thought that when Cesare Prandelli played Pirlo and Marco Verratti at the same time in 2014, that we were going somewhere in Italy, because if you were to man Mark Pirlo, then Verratti would, would be able to take over playmaking duties. Same on the other end. Of course, Prandelli threw that out, and it didn't end up, uh, you know, after a game, and it didn't end up helping. But, yeah, it's, you know, the Regista is only as good as the the midfield around him from time to time, because if he if he doesn't stay clean, even a guy like Pirlo could only have done so much. You remember the the story from the Champions League years ago when Alex Ferguson put Park Ji-Song on Pirlo and just marked him out of, out of two legs in a Champions League tie, and they just rolled over Milan in that in that tie. You know, if you can't keep a guy off of the Regista, then you're going to have problems.
3: And, and building off on that, I mean, even at, in later in his career at Juventus, at his best, he had those type of guys. Like, right, he had Paul Pogba, like, running up and down, and he had Arturo Vidal, you know, covering up, and, you know, he had Claudio Marquisio and – I mean, he just had those guys, like he wasn't on his own. And I think that's what ended up, you know, not, you know, kind of screwing Meryl and Pjanic over a little bit is that he just never had those guys. He just never had that backup. He just never had that, you know, midfield that could really help him out in those situations. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's probably a big reason why we never saw, like think really f- what he could do.
6: Yeah. The only thing that Pjanic ever really had was Kadira, before his body died on him and that's why i think the best we saw of Pjanic was that first year when we went to the final in cardiff because kadira could do that and then he couldn't and all of a sudden there wasn't anybody on the roster
3: that could either another another probably you know dearly departed player probably sam kadira like he's probably yeah. gonna gonna be gone um yeah if,
6: if he gets his full salary in order to get us did you see that Get, he's that get that brother, money,
3: Sammy. Get that
6: money, brother. If they yeah, give it right. to you,
1: just get that. I, I'm, I'm to get, Higu- get, get Him
6: and him, or get out. Get That's the what I wanna.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of midfielders, from our friend Handy Vandy, I think I think that might be right. Handy Vandy, Handy Vandy. I don't. We haven't gotten the correct pronunciation from him, so you know, it's on him at this point. As we mentioned, Arthur it was an interesting morning for him, seeing as he was uh, reportedly arrested on, as they call it, drink-driving charges after he crashed his Ferrari, and as uh, Handy Vandy writes, uh, could he be another bad character player that doesn't fulfill their potential, or could could the car crash be telling of him hitting potential like Arturo Vidal, or I would like to add, or Martin Casares?
6: Uh, it's, if you... Let's hope that this isn't the only thing he's picking up from Arturo Vidal, because if he's picking up the other stuff, then things could go really, really well. Yeah. Well, um, they were they were
1: teammates this year, so you never yeah, know.
6: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like you know, they've been teammates for the last two years, and so if you know if Vidal's taught him a couple of things, outside of the you know wrapping muscle cars around poles, then I think that we could be in for some some fun times. I, I think, you know, and and here we were, uh, you said this, Sergio, before we hit record, you know, we were talking about how here we were a week or two ago, kind of, you know, going to the mat for Artur as, you know, a younger guy, you know, he's obviously going through a really tough time right now, very frustrated having, you know, left what p- was probably his dream club, you know, being pushed out. And then he does something like this. But again, I, I you know, it, we'll have to see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what whether Pirlo cracks the whip at him. Obviously, I don't think there's a lot of... I, I don't think there's been a lot of discipline in that Barcelona locker room. Because, you know, everything's been going so crazy over there. I think that's also a a symptom of just a, a club that's kind of lost it.
3: How expensive is an Uber, my guy? Like, I can't... I, I mean, just... <laughs> Like, I get the I get the the appeal of I have a Ferrari. I'm going to drive that Ferrari to the club. And then I'm going to, you know, be the big baller guy. Like, I get that. But, you know, take the Ferrari and then call a buddy and be like, hey, come pick me up. Or, like, you know, just leave the car. Leave the car. You'll pick it up later. Like, who cares? Like, you're like a millionaire, literally. Like, I don't know why. I mean, again, young guy, you know, mistakes, you know relative to his age, whatever, but I wouldn't, despite the fact that this is kind of like, you know, you never want to see your player from your club doing those type of things, I wouldn't you know, immediately say oh, that means he's like a bad character guy I mean, you know, like we said it was kind of like a a joke, but like Arturo Vidal did that, and he was a great player for Juventus, and he always you know, gave his best and whatnot, so I, I wouldn't necessarily translate those things to the pitch but you know, again, just Uber, my guy. I mean, you know, whatever. Get get an Uber black even. I don't know. Be a big baller like that. Or Steve
5: Uber. Sorry, that was brilliant. I just <laughs> 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 Yeah, just to add on to that. I mean, basically, uh, you know, you guys have said what you know, everything I think everything I think about this case as well. Generally wary of extending kind of players' personal lives onto their footballing careers or lives like Um, I believe that's called the halo effect in psychology, but, but I mean, you have all kinds of players that are just uh, do things that I absolutely do not condone of whatsoever, which, you know, this is one of those things absolutely do not condone that, but they end up being great players anyway. And it's like, it's that kind of separation between the personal and the, and the professional, frankly, personal life. And then they're just their lives on the pitch. So, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I can't really, pull too much from their personal life especially something like this drunk drunk driving or dui uh, yeah I, I can't you know I, I again it's not good definitely should not be doing it but i don't know you have like the likes of george best who i heard was i mean well yeah uh, i don't know how much of this i can say publicly but <laughs> but yeah he was uh interesting
1: there um, there's there's a 30 for 30 on george best so if you aren't familiar with george best it's one yeah, of the best ones they've done. So
5: yeah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, uh, let's just say, he was sexually promiscuous. So um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's the most diplomatic way of saying it. But he was <laughs> bloody brilliant. So yeah. yeah, there you go.
1: All right, well, we're gonna wrap it up with one last question here from at who underscore dat eight five eight. And for all the New Orleans Saints fans following, there you go. We're expanding our coverage into the South. Why is it that Paolo Dybala seems to want to stay and Juve are constantly offering him up to Europe in every transfer window? He's been fantastic for years, and I, I will add especially this year. I almost want him to leave at this point just to release him from such disrespect.
6: I think that we're looking at one of t- two alternatives here. The first is that Andrea Agnelli is really doubling down on the whole build the brand up as long as Ronaldo is on the team thing, which from a sporting perspective is a little bit short-sighted when you consider the fact that Ronaldo is 35 and is only going to be around for maybe another 2 years. But the other possibility I can think of is that Fabio Paratici really has a bruised ego after last year after he trying so hard to to sell Dybala and is trying to make a point. Cuz other than that I don't see the sense in selling a guy who by all indications should be on this team for a very long time and really ought to be getting the captain's armband pretty soon i mean he obviously loves being in turin he you know the the leon game to me was was the kind of commitment that he has to just give as you know even with you know very you know such a such an uncertain recovery in his leg to try and go and give it but I think that if he is moved on it's going to be a massive mistake cuz he's the guy that really should be you really should be building around for the for the long term cuz Ronaldo is here another 2 years tops. And if you if you send him away and build around Ronaldo for 2 years then you're right back at square one.
3: You know, I think that the the reasonable, I mean the logical take of why they want to move him is he's their most valuable asset. I mean, he is like a young, talented guy. I mean, obviously, their most valuable asset. That's why there are so many rumors about him. And if they need money to kind of like rebuild the squad, you know, that he is the most logical guy to move. That is like the, the, you know, cold heart fact. Now, going into like just, you know, the emotional side, if you sell like a, like a 26 year old guy I, I think he's 26 if I'm not mistaken. okay give me a second. I'm actually looking it up 26 yes, he's 26 years old. If you saw a 26 year old guy who's the number t- who wears the number 10 shirt for your club who is like a you know rotational captain who will probably be the captain after all the you know older guys retire, who is like a marketable face of the franchise, who is a dude who has wanted to play here and who every time they ask him, he says he wants to stay he wants to like build a legacy in like with juventus if you sell that guy and you push him up door for like a profit and to like build around ronaldo then i don't want to ever hear again anything about this like esoterical Los estilo juve and all of that like it's all like it's all bs now if you do that then you have no right in actually claiming that you value your players and that you give weight to tradition and to like the number 10 shirt is special here and like that's it you're done you're just like another super club and that is who you are and that is you know your new identity and that's fine but let's not ever ask of a club like any romanticism or anything ever ever again because that would be not only like you know football related reasons it would be a bad idea but just like who you are and your identity and what type of players you know want to be in the club and want to play for the club and actually care about the club and then you just ship them out because there's a quick buck to be made you know I, I think that would be it for any sort of semblance of like Juventus romanticism and like all of this thing I think there would be it would be their their last tab as like a European super club and that's it that's who we are and you know you Know be done with the whole romantic side of it,
5: unfortunately, I do agree with that. It's a damning statement, but yeah, I do agree with that.
3: Could
6: also be that Ronaldo is doing a LeBron and asking the front office to move him because <laughs> I mean,
3: let's we'll I mean, start that one
6: up. I mean, I, I mean, it's I mean, yeah, that's gonna get a bunch of hot takes in the comment section, but at the same time, it's I don't think it's particularly far-fetched. I mean, I mean, obviously there's a lot more. I thought about this. I thought about that as a possibility last year when Patatichi was so determined to sell him. The, the, I mean, it was a little bit easier to think of because that last year with Allegri, they they didn't seem to really work together on the field. Now they seem to, ha- to be clicking together. So I don't know if it's as plausible that that would be the case. But it's also an option. It's also a possibility.
3: I mean, I mean, I'm all about stirring the pot, you know, that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I I, don't think, I mean, even, you know I mean? Because they do seem to have, like, a really good relationship, the two of them, right? Like, they're always, like, hanging out. And, you know, I think last year when Dybala was going to a rough, like, a rough stretch, Ronaldo scored and threw up the, the Dybala mask and the whole thing. Like, that's a sign of support. Like, I think they have a good relationship. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, that's why he's being sold i think you know it's just he's their most valuable asset and whether or not foolishly in my opinion but if their idea is to just build around ronaldo yeah i mean you you sell your most valuable asset and you build a squad geared toward ronaldo and you know you kind of like crash and burn crash and burn into like the ronaldo you know whole thing you know i mean i think it's a bad idea but that's if that's where they're going that's the most logical move i guess
6: I don't think you need to sell him to make that much money. There's, got, there's bound to be a British team that'll spend uh, way too much money on Rugani just because he is an Italian defender because the premiership has never uh, seen a stereotype they don't like.
3: I mean, anything over like 20
1: mil for Rugani, and I'll drive him myself to the airport. To be <laughs> you, you'll drive him to Wolverhampton when Daniele Rugani is sold there, and then you'll drive back with Raul Jimenez. With Raul Jimenez. That sounds good. In I'll take that, that tunnel, <laughs> that underwater Uber. tunnel.
3: And we'll go right to Italy. I like that plan. I'll do it.
5: In an Uber XL, for that matter.
3: Exactly. Arthur will pay for it. Pay
1: for it. <laughs> all right. On on that laughter note, rather than serious Paolo Dybala potentially leaving talk, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you all for your Twitter questions. I, we were able to Get to them this week, so thank you, Ventus, for not breaking any news while we we're recording. So, just want to say thank you once again to everybody. And uh, for those people who didn't get their questions answered last week, we apologize again, but more pressing matters were at hand. So, as always, you can follow us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, just search Black and White and Riddle over our blog name, and we will pop up. You can also follow us on Spotify and Google podcasts. Don't forget Juventus women latest Scudetto defense starts this weekend. So there will be Juventus football for this, whoop whoop. this weekend. If you guys want uh, oh, to catch, catch, some live action and hopefully they pick up right where they left off. It's weird to think that they haven't played a game since February. So uh, I will just throw that in there on that note for Sam for and for sergio this is danny saying thank you all for listening stay safe out there and we will talk to you guys next time